Yeah, yeah. So I said I was running that game on roll 20, and it's cool because out of the five players, uh, three of them are big fans of Misconceptions. And so uh, it's been fun getting to play with them and know them and stuff. And, uh, you know, as I'm explaining rules, I'll kind of like pull in references from Misconceptions to help them understand like and so they're asking like how do hurt points work like why would you use those and i was like well let me give you an example one time Rin was driving an 18 wheeler into the ocean mm. the rest of the crew was like no don't and then he was like <laughs> i'm gonna do it but then esther used a hurt point to you know kind of give him a status that he would not do that and they're all like oh yeah yeah and then um at the end of you know the game or whatever i ended on a cliffhanger and i said i guess that's where we'll you know, we'll end this. They're like, no, David, say it. You have to say it. I said, end of episode. And they're like, yeah. And then we, we played again last night and I was just telling them, you know, we're about to record misconceptions in the morning. And one of them said, oh, we'll tell all of them that we are Woodard Lockley and they are Faye. And I was like, I'll tell them. <laughs> they're going to they turn out us. to be an evil character oh, at the end. So sweet. God, Faye, I really had to spell that out for you. <laughs> Tessa just gave me a blank stare like, why are they trying to be my character? And I was like, no, they're saying that they love us. <laughs> they love our I show. Was, I was trying. I couldn't. It was a lot. I short-circuited. <laughs> Hello, friends. This is Ima, and you're listening to the Misconceptions Podcast. believe I killed Len. I can't believe I killed Len. I can't... I... I need to... I need to... I, I don't know what I need to do. I... I... It's not their fault. I'm taking it out on them, but it's not their fault, and I just... I need to be sad. I... He was my friend. He didn't do anything wrong. I've, I'm just so desperate. Previously on Misconceptions, Faye did a bad thing. In a over-eager uh, attempt to solve this case, to wrap up loose ends, and to find the missing children of the Rat Pack, uh, Faye uh, demanded that the crew go to Agatha's halfway house to see an old, um, you could say friend, maybe accomplice, uh, Lynn, who was wrapped up in earlier investigations, particularly those involving Mr. Smalls and the purchasing of different properties around the city. Wanting to find out more about what all that meant, uh, the crew went to Agatha's halfway house, and while they were trying to ask Lynn some questions, they noticed that he kept fiddling with a bracelet but he could not tell them, or maybe would not tell them, 
what the bracelet was and exactly what was going on. And so Faye started to rip down some of his pictures, his memories of his past life as he was forgetting them. And Esther grabbed hold of Lynn's wrist to remove the uh, wristband, the bracelet, and then Lynn just dropped dead. Agatha shunted the crew from the house, and they ran uh, and met at Rin's warehouse. And while there, Rin fulfilled his promise to Bill of helping Bill find his missing family, um, or rather the missing souls of his family. Using the supercomputer in the basement of this warehouse, Bill was able to find a lead uh, to Sal's Silk Shop. Uh, what that means and what he will find there, uh, who knows? But this, uh, this is the lead that Bill is pursuing in hopes of finding his family, and the crew is going along with him. But on the way to Sal's Silk Shop, the SUV was followed by someone. We are not sure who, but uh, she seems very intent on catching one Esther Black. And who knows what that means. But this episode opens up. You're on the SUV, no longer on the highway, just kind of uh, working your way to work towards Sal's silk shop. And we uh, hear a car door shutting. And as the car door shuts, the screen comes back. And we see uh, the SUV pulled up uh, in this, not a strip mall, uh, per se, um, but just these storefronts lining the street. And, uh, above one, we see calligraphied letters that read Sal's Silk Shop. And, uh, I think as Esther, you are closing your door, I think maybe you probably have a police scanner. That sounds like something Esther would have. Naturally. Yeah. And as you are closing it, you hear uh, chatter about your SUV, uh, stating the make, the model, the license plate. Um, and uh, that is to go along with your marked SUV status that you have. Does it say our location? Uh, it has your last location, like where the uh, that person last saw you. And y'all oh. are y'all are a few miles away from that point. I'm gonna say that I didn't hear it for narrative purposes. Okay. I was the first one out and rapidly walking towards the door. Yeah, definitely. And Bill, I think as you're walking towards the door, uh, the phone in your pocket starts to ring. I silence it in my pocket. Keep walking. Okay. Not even looking at who's calling. Out and you didn't take it. <laughs> I know. Okay. All right. Um, um, does everybody else enter with him? Yes. Okay. You enter into this shop with different uh, bed sheets and pillows and blankets and throws. Uh, all these very fine silk products just lining the walls, set up in little display areas. This is a pretty small store, but you see all these different things. Uh, there is a counter in the back with a little register and a bead curtain behind that. And as you pass through the door and the bell uh, tinkles at your entrance, uh, from the beaded curtain, you see this uh, person walk out. He is a Caucasian. 
He has uh, black hair kind of pulled back into a very slicked ponytail. Uh, he is uh, lanky and he has these long bony fingers. He uh, appears around the corner and he sees the four of you enter. And he says, Oh, well, welcome everyone. Long bony fingers. Does he look like the guy from Tales from the Crypt? <laughs> he's not that, he's not quite that decrepit. Uh, okay. But if you want to picture him that way, you may. All right. Uh, he- hello. My name's Bob. And, um, I have some questions to ask you. Of course, we have all sort of fine silk products. He walks over to a throw and runs his hands across the tassels. This one, for instance, so delicate, so finely woven. You would think that its properties are inhuman. Here, have a feel. And he, you know, holds out the tassels towards you. What, what does he do if I don't feel it? He, if you don't feel it, you don't say anything. He kind of lets it drop. Or maybe you are looking for some new bed sheet. What about these silk bed sheets? He runs his hands across uh, a sample on the other side of the store. Surely this is what you are after. Actually, I was looking for something for um, the lining of a casket. Hmm, interesting. Well... That is an unusual request, but I could make it happen for you. Um, well, I have heard that you're a man that can get me close to death, if you catch my drift. There is a glint in his eyes, and he runs his spidery fingers together. Ah, I see, I see. So, not here for silk, then. You're correct. Passage into the underworld is... a complicated thing. I do not just open it up for anyone. Why do you wish to pass through the veil? I, um... I still have the two chips on my necklace, but it's, like, tucked inside my shirt. Mm -hmm. So I pull them out a little bit, and I say, because this is... This is my wife. This is my son, and they're currently in the underworld, and I need to get them out, because it's my fault they're there. He, he nods his head. Ah, someone from Jeremiah's circle of influence, I see. You're not the first to come here looking for the detached souls connected to your poker chips, especially once he was, a. Uh, sent through the veil himself. Hmm. So, are you looking to be reunited with him, preferably on this side of the veil? Yeah, that would be, um, the, what we're looking for. Well, that is a more complicated transaction. You see, human life is the most precious of commodities. It is something you only have once and cannot be found again 
However, I am a businessman, and everything does have a price. So, what could you offer me for the priceless worth of your wife and son's souls? I have a house if you want it. Heard the market's going up. Um, don't have much money, but I can come up with some. And you know how you talked about Jeremiah passing through the veil? Well, uh, I'm the one who sent him there. And anyone who keeps me from seeing my wife and children will end up there as well. He smiles with thin lips. <laughs> you, uh, I work with death every day. It is not a taboo subject or something I am afraid of, my young man. And he, his thin lips part and you see his vaguely pointed teeth. Now, you mention some items, a house, uh, some money, but I must impress upon you, human life is worth much more than a house. It is worth much more than just some money. And these transactions are heavily monitored. My door is just but one gateway into the underworld. Jeremiah had his own, and there are countless others that have their own. If I am to pull something from the back for you, it could draw undue attention towards me. So I'll ask you again, what could you offer me for the life of your son and your wife? Well, I gave you my offer. Um, typically when somebody makes an offer and the person doesn't accept it, they make some sort of counteroffer so we can see where we are, how big the divide is. So far you have not offered me anything that I would want. Usually the exchange rate for a life is life, but since you are wanting to see them on this side of the veil... I assume that is out of the question, unless he looks at the other three people with you. Unless you have brought payment with you? Oh, so that's what you want. You want other souls to take down? I mean, there will be a vacated spot that I do have to feel, but a great amount of wealth could also cover that spot or and he looks at the three of you or the four of you we all know that there are unnatural abilities in this city held by not just you four but many others if one was to willingly part with an aspect of this part of themselves it is comparable to a life but what do you have to offer me all right so out of character mm -hmm. are you basically saying give up a power yes so mechanically uh he will trade you uh one for one the wife of your son and your <laughs> the life of your wife and son the wife of your son. Of your He's son. been gone for a while. He's been married in the world. It's going great. Her name is uh, Persephone. 
Um, so basically what he's offering you is you can bring him a soul to replace with them, but it can't just be anybody. It's going to need to be Dang somebody it. important, somebody with some weight, because these souls are important to you and the souls that you replace them with should also have some importance to you. Why do um, I have to kill Jesse? <laughs> yeah, you did. Uh, she gone. She's already in there. Um, you could offer him a great deal of wealth. Uh, and, you know, that could be a whole adventure in itself. We could offer him this wealth that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, none of you have. Money from our rich uncle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or you could sacrifice your mythos themes uh, one for one for each of them. Could I sacrifice a non-mythos theme and do a theme that I was planning on getting rid of, like <laughs> don't, say that. The no, it, don't say that in front of David. Don't it say it would, it would need to be a mythos. Damn it. He is not interested in your logos themes. Well, he can suck it. Uh, Bill, what were you saying? I was just saying, if I'm being honest with myself, uh, Bill would absolutely offer him, like, both of his mythos immediately. Yeah? Yeah. I think. Is that something that Jaime, you are ready to do with Bill? That would mean a, a huge change for Bill. Oh, man. Uh, does that mean would those mythos get replaced with stinking logos? So mm -hmm. what would happen is I believe you have two mythos themes, correct? And two logos themes? I do. I so do. what would happen is those two mythos themes would disappear and you would get one new nascent uh, logos theme. And what that means is just like your cloud surfer was, it started with one tag and then you kind of had to build on it, but it would be a logos theme. You would not get a fourth logos theme because you can only have three logos and three mythos at a time. So Bill would become a sleeper. And what that means is he would be oblivious to the mystical nature of the world around him. His memories of the mythical, the mystical things he's done with the crew would be warped by the mist, just like, you know, any uh, citizen, a normal citizen of the city would. So instead of like uh, the the beast crashing through Esther's bar, it really was a car that crashed through and then pulled out and drove off. Uh, so you would remember things that you've done with him, but you wouldn't remember the mythicality of it. Uh, you would also be disconnected from the Bacab and Akat. And then, uh, so you would be a sleeper, but you would have the chance to manifest a new mythos in you. Uh, some other deity or folklore mythology would take notice of, hey, Bill, he's a useful tool. I want him to tell my story. And then they would start to give you their powers just like a cot had. But I would basically die to the crew for a while, wouldn't I? Because I would still remember them, but they not in the same way. I so, couldn't be very helpful. So you would be logosfied, and you know, logos is not logosfied. <laughs> logosfied. Uh, you would not be useless because, I mean, like Esther's logos themes are very helpful for her in a fight uh, and different things like that. So you wouldn't be useless. Um, and sleepers actually have this unique ability to suppress mythical things around them, you would gain this uh, new move that nobody else has access to called denying the beyond. And whenever you deny the beyond, you inflict a status of, 
I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's like No Mythos 5 uh, in the general area around you. So anyone in your vicinity could not use Mythos powers unless they also took that minus five status to their role. Um, so Bill would be useful in new ways and different ways. And, you know, your sleeper status would last as long as you want it to. It could be one episode. It could be the rest of the season. Uh, but you would choose when Bill becomes attached to the mythos again. So, um, final clarifying question. Yeah. Do our, are our characters aware, and I'm going to guess no, but are characters aware of the repercussions of giving up their mythos? Because, you know, we're trying to figure out this mist stuff, and we kind of have just known the mist to have been there and to have hidden things from people who aren't awake to it. But I don't know that I would know the repercussions. Yeah, I think uh, you, I mean, you would know the obvious of it in that I wouldn't have these tattoos or cloud abilities anymore. Uh, I don't think you would know that uh, you would become able to suppress people's powers because of your sleeper status. Um, but I think you would be aware that you would lose the ability to see the city as it actually is and see it. You would be forced to see it as the mist wants you to see it. Mm. Um, bit of metagaming here, Mm -hmm. but Jaime, it's completely up to you. Um, however, one of my mythos is almost gone. Um, and I would be willing to give it up. I have two. Uh, Sal would protest to that if you did it. Uh, it would need to be some somebody important to you, connected to you, not to him. Um, so apparently I'm not allowed to do that. Because <laughs> it's a, a personal sacrifice. Well, my personal sacrifice isn't good enough for Sal? No. Dang. <laughs> I mean, I, I figured I was going to have to get rid of my tattoos at some point and become this, like, different person. Good drama. Yeah. So, uh, <sighs> what do you think, Bill? What are you going to do? And this whole time, like, Bill's just standing there thinking. Yeah, and the Sal's, guy's there with Sal's looking fingers. back and forth. You just <laughs> like, see, like, the dot, 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 like, over your head, just, like, yeah. sitting there. <laughs> Or like the, Animal the, Crossing, you just have your phone out. <laughs> yeah. Everybody else. And Sal's like you just looking see me back turning and forth, left like... and right, and like y'all can't see it, but there's like an angel crunk and a devil crunk on my shoulders. <laughs> there's an angel Muhammad and a devil Muhammad, because Muhammad is crunk. If you do this, there's a good chance you won't be able to see your friends anymore. Right. But <laughs> but you really Wait, should get your wife and kid back. <laughs> All right, <clears throat> time to get back into character. This is gonna suck, man. This is a big, big moment for Bill. All right. Well, as you can see, I'm not holding anybody against their will, so I don't really have lives for you. Um, but I do have this, and I just kind of, like, manifest a club out of my tattoos. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he's not too threatened by it. <laughs> he does not flinch. I say. He doesn't flinch? Mm-mm. Oh, why do I feel like I'm creating a super villain who's going to use my powers to terrorize the city? Anyway, <laughs> doesn't matter. I'd still do it. So I could give you my ability to control these tattoos and do fun stuff with it. 
And I'm going to like call a cloud from outside just to like come under the door cracks and kind of come up next to me and I'm just going to sit on it. Mm -hmm. And I guess I can give you this too. That's uh, it's two things, right? Do you have some kind of contract or how do I make sure you're not going to screw me over? Bill. What? No. What are you doing? I'm getting the two most important people in my life back. You, you'll lose yourself. It doesn't matter. I made vows to that woman. And I held that child's hand. When he was not even the size of a bag of rice. Myself doesn't matter anymore. Rin and Esther. Do y'all say anything? Esther's listening, but she is also, like, keeping tabs on everything that's going around in the sure. area. So, I, I mean... Yeah. She's on, on edge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Rin? Bill, are you sure? I mean, use use that cloud to get us out of some pretty pretty hairy situations. I, I mean, I appreciate y'all, and I'd probably say the same thing for you and ask you if you're willing to do that. Um, give up your powers, but I don't think there's much you can say to really change my mind. Esther also deep down realizes that because she's lost someone that's close to her, and so she's like not gonna get involved with trying to talk him out of that. But what if Bill, I mean, you already know about the mission with the supercomputer and the future. What if what if we give like Deja up as an offering you don't have to lose a whole part of yourself because I feel like we'd still want to investigate that some more you know I'd feel bad just grabbing going and kidnapping this woman and leading her to her death I've done that enough in my life I can't have any more of that on my conscience I understand your choice so creepy old guy <laughs> uh, yes what say you? You turn around, he already has a contract drawn up on a clipboard, holding it out towards you with a pen in the other hand. And he grins oh. and says, It sounds like we have a deal. Alright. I read the fine print as emotional as I am. I've learned in this life to read contracts. Of course. Thanks, Jeremiah. <laughs> yeah. Does it say, David? Does he have to roll something for that? Does it say that I'll receive my wife? and child intact alive as they were right it now it says that you will their souls uh will be effectively purchased they will be underneath your ownership um they will be released from the underworld um and it states your payment uh and oddly enough you look at it and it says the aspect of tattoos of the akat the aspect of the wind of the Akat, uh, as listed as payment. Does it give any hmm. indication that they will be like, like changed? Yeah. Living, breathing. Like, well, changed. like, are they gonna like they're gonna come back and be like, who are you? And like, have yeah, no yeah, memory definitely. Of- it 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 does not say. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna ask those clarifying questions. So, uh, are you just gonna give me like frozen souls? Are they gonna be? intact like how you're the expert am I going to get my wife and kids back the way they were before are they going to be changed are they going to know who I am 
Upon completion of our purchase and dealings here, you will be able to walk them through the veil just as you would a box of cereal and a bag of rice, you said. And upon leaving the veil, they will be as they were before they passed through, uh, in the same state, the same memories, with no knowledge of what happened past the veil because some things are not allowed to pass back through, but for all intents and purposes, they will be as you knew them. Did you, did you say some things can't pass through? Well, yes. Uh, you cannot continue to live in the world of the living knowing what the afterlife is like. Uh, okay, so just the memories of the afterlife then? Yes, which may be best for your little boy, was it? Mm-hmm. So when we come out of that, um, veil, yes. will we be in this shop, or yes, can we it's, choose a location? You know, you you walk through the door and you walk back out. Okay. There are many gates that opened up into the, the underworld, but who knows where they would open up or lead you to. At least here you know that you are in Sal's silk shop, and Sal is your friend. All right. I ask him one more question. Uh, just one last question then before I sign this. Yes. Can you guarantee me safe passage? <laughs> the underworld is a very dangerous place, but I will accompany you to the merchandise. All right. Signed. All right. So, Bill, you sign this contract and... Not your pin has not even left the page before Sal yanks it back hungrily to himself and he looks it over and says, Excellent, excellent, excellent. Oh, goodness. Yes, this will be good. Uh, if you will, please follow me and the rest of your friends may come. But seeing as how I do not have contracts for you, you may look, but do not touch. If you break anything, you buy it. And the price is your life's. He walks past the counter to the curtain of beads and he puts one bony hand through and parts the beads to one side. If you will, please, Bill. Bill passes through. Esther's not going back there. Esther's staying up front and keeping an eye on everything. Okay. Ren is completely intrigued and rushes to be right behind Bill. Okay. Faye does not go. Okay, so Bill and Rin enter. Hello friends, and welcome to episode 70 of Misconceptions. I'm your host, and your master of ceremonies, David White. I hope that you are enjoying this episode, I hope that you are having a great time, I hope that you are having a wonderful day, a relaxing day, and you know, even if you're not being productive, I hope that you are spending the day loving yourself and reminding yourself 
that you're a cool person and you deserve good days. A little bit of housekeeping before we get back to the episode. As you know, we recently hit $400 a month on our Patreon. At this level, I can afford to pay my friends, the performers of Misconceptions and Sins of the Father, for the great work they do creating this show. Unfortunately, as is the life cycle of a Patreon-supported show, some of our friends on Patreon de-pledged, and so we have dropped down below that $400 a month goal. So if you are somebody who listens to this show and wants to see the performers get paid for the work they do, please help us get back to $400 a month. And I know stuff is tight right now, and the world is straight up crazy, so only give if you are safely able to give. We do not want to put anybody in a bad situation, and we appreciate all the support of our patrons, future, past, and present. Thank you so much for supporting this show, and while we're talking about Patreon, I have a new goal for our Patreon. At $500 a month, we will be releasing a website and an online store. That's right, an online merch store that you can get some cool misconceptions and sins of the father swag just for you to love and enjoy. And we're going to release that at $500 a month. That's not too far away. That's only $100. So if you could help us get to that, we would love to release this online store for you to look at the goodies that we have planned to give to you. Also at the $500 a month level, I am going to be giving a pay raise to the editors of our network. Namely, Marlo, who edits Sins of the Father, Tessa, who is Faye here, but also edits our Patreon-only exclusive show, SideQuest, and me. I edit Misconceptions. But I want to give a pay raise to our editors because of the hard work that we put in outside of our regularly scheduled Uh, broadcast. No, uh, regularly scheduled recording sessions. We put in a lot of work during the week and on weeknights to make sure that we have just the right sound effects and ambiance and music and that everybody's audio is just right. I would love to see us be able to give a pay raise to our editors for the extra work they do on their respective shows. So, once again, if you listen to the show, if you want to support Marlo, or Tessa, or me for the work that we do on our respective shows, please consider clicking the link below and giving whatever you can safely to our Patreon. And one more thing, before we get back to the episode, we do have a geek out during the credits after the conclusion of the episode proper, so be sure to stick around for that as we discuss some um, character development that is going to happen in the last half of this episode. But without further ado... Let's see if Bill can get his family back, huh? Uh, Bill and Rin, as you enter, um, instead of entering into a back room, you enter into a black, inky void. Immediately, the temperature around you drops, and you can see your breath coalescing into curls of mist and uh, vapor in front of you. You take some more steps and soon you realize that you are walking on a narrow, pale, translucent uh, walkway. And then suddenly, Bill, you can see Rin next to you and Rin, you can see Bill next to you. And in this place... Uh, If this was a movie scene, 
there would be a heavy blue light effect. Uh, the color of you uh, is blue and kind of washed out and dismal and dreary. Um, as you continue walking along this narrow, pale, translucent uh, walkway, you see bodies uh, arranged next to you, trailing off for miles out of sight, stacked one on top of the other like some sort of supermarket. You see these pale, gaunt, gray figures wearing the clothes that they wore in life, their features not sallow, but blank. And they are hanging uh, with a thread coming from between their shoulders, trailing off somewhere above them. And as you look at it, the thread, as it were, looks like fine gossamer silk. And in fact, the pale translucent walkway you are on also appears to be translucent silk, like a spider web. But your feet do not stick or adhere to the walkway. And as you look, you see eight spidery legs come around you and attach themselves to the walkway as Sal, now a ginormous black spider, pulls himself over you, rests on the uh, gossamer threads in front of you, and turns around. And as he speaks, that little he makes is his little mandibles clacking together. And he says, right this way, gentlemen. And he walks off. Eight <laughs> legs clacking along the gossamer bridge. Ren whispers to himself, man. Thought that guy was already creepy and gross. <laughs> Bill just follows. Yeah. All right. So as you are walking... Um, following Sal along this ethereal grocery store lines of souls and bodies uh, all hanging limply dead your breath coiling in the mist or coiling into mist in front of your face Bill you know who you are here to see but Rin as you are walking down these aisles who do you see arranged in with these other souls and these bodies hanging by spider silk in between their shoulders? I want to say Ren, because up until this point, like, Ren's really had no family. I know that we never really... I mean, I think at the beginning we might have talked about it, but um, for the first time, really this entire thing, all the seasons... Um, Ren like sees his parents um and he sees like a brother and a sister and you can kind of feel the um like the tension within uh, inside Ren um because they all died in like some tragic accident mm -hmm. uh, that Ren wasn't a part of because he was working so much mm -hmm. um and so I mean he doesn't say anything but there's like just this unease because he hadn't really thought about them since it had happened because he just blocked it from his memory and then even with the new upgraded brain it kind of 
Um, and of course the um, accent and stuff on the island. Mm-hmm. It kind of just, he's buried it so deep and now it's ever present. Definitely. And I think, uh, so you see your mother, you see your father there. Uh, these two people that pushed you and encouraged you so much to pursue robotics club and uh, to start your own business and you know uh, co-signed these loans with you to go to university to learn business and technology and we're so proud of you Uh, you see them here for the first time uh, just as they were in life wearing that same familiar dress that your mother always wore the same a sports jacket that your father wore uh, uh, and you stand there and you realize like you said just how long it's been since you even thought of them and you think of everything that has happened since then and all the things that you have done both good but also bad and Rin I'm going to Activate your nemesis right now. The guilt of what you've done. And I'm going to burn your tag. Truly wants to do good. Because how can someone who has been involved with so much crime and killing and bad things. How could they want to do good? And so I'm going to make a hard move against you as if you had missed a move to burn that tag. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. So, Rin, you pause there. You have that moment. uh, And we'll cut ahead to Bill. Uh, Bill, Sal is clacking along with his eight spidery legs in front of you. And then he comes to a halt. And hanging there, right by the uh, aisle that you were on, you see two bodies that you have constantly thought about and never forgotten about uh bill please describe what does your wife and son look like even as washed out and gray and lifeless as they are hanging from this spider's thread describe them to us all right so my wife is kind of tall has brown hair and my son looks like her for the most part, um, but has my nose and has black hair. I'm imagining they're both just kind of hanging there looking like, I mean, like they're asleep. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm very familiar with seeing them, you know, while they're asleep, because sometimes I'd have to work late. Um, and I think it starts to make me like, tear up but uh, just in you know sorrowful remembrance but I'm not going to get excited or get my hopes up until they're flesh and blood standing next to me so that's the moment and uh what is what is your wife's son and what is your wife's and son's name I think the kid's Bill Jr. because why not first son okay do you call Um, him Bill Jr. or do you call him William Call him Billy. Okay. Uh, And then, I mean, let's go with Sheila. Why not? So you you see Sheila and Billy hanging there in front of you, their eyes closed, almost in peaceful slumber, 
just like you said, you would find them sometimes. And you feel these emotions start to well up inside of you, threatening to gush through your lids and pour down your face. Then you hear Sal hovering over your shoulder. Well, I believe this is where I will take what was promised. And with two of his spidery legs, he reaches around your shoulders, over your back, and puts one claw on one chest, one claw on the other chest. And as he pulls one claw, you feel this tugging in your chest, on your arms, on your neck, on your back. And we watch as Bill's tattoos drag across his skin as uh, Sal continues to pull this green substance from Bill's chest. And Ren, I would say by this point, you've caught up as well if you want to, so you may see this. Yes, I would very much like to see this. Okay, and Sal continues to pull and these drag across your skin and with a final tug he jerks his leg away and you see floating in front of you just this orb of green oscillating energy and with the other he starts to pull and you start to feel breathless bill and for just a moment you think i've been double crossed he is going to kill me he's taken my powers he's going to kill me and with a final tug uh your breath restores to you and you feel like this weightlessness that you hadn't really realized was there before but uh, you feel the immensity of your weight for the first time in months really on your own two feet and you realize that since this power had manifested in you you had been floating like a butterfly uh, with just weightlessly across the ground and in this claw you see uh, a spinning orb of air for lack of a better term um, and then Sal lifts those two orbs up and with the other two legs or with another two legs he reaches up and cuts one thread and cuts the other and Bill your wife Sheila falls into one arm Billy falls into the other and you feel their weight familiar in your arms and against your body and then uh, Sal takes those two orbs and attaches them to the uh, threads and as he takes it away the orbs turn into a humanoid shape and you see this uh, like Aztec warrior proud and strong with bits of bone and clay armor and uh, a armor made out of woven leaves uh, and the two look identical but one is green and the other is almost this translucent invisible color and for the first time you see a cot or rather I guess you've seen yourself as a cot in your dreams but now with your own eyes you are looking at this aspect of a cot that is now forever trapped in the underworld under the possession of Sal and uh, Sal clicks his mandibles together. Well then, I'll walk you up to the front then. And uh, now mechanically, Jaime, mechanically, uh, you have lost two of your themes. Um, and what this means is whenever you lose a theme, 
you gain something called build-up points. And you gain an amount of build-up points based on uh, however many tags you have over four in each theme or how many theme improvements you have. And this includes weakness tags. So looking at your first uh, mythos theme of adaptation, your imbued ink, how many power tags do you have? I have four power tags. You have four plus your weakness tags, so that makes it five. <clears throat> so minus three, that is two build-up points. And then uh, for Ride the Wind, uh, how many power tags plus weakness tags do you have? Four. Four. So you will gain three build-up points. And if you go up to your character card, there should be a little build-up track. So go ahead and mark three of those. I already have one. You sure do, yeah. So you have four build-up points. Whenever and if you get five, you get to do one of those moments of evolution. And one of them is get closure from your nemesis, which means that you would be able to be rid of Jesse forever. Uh, However that happens, you know, that's up to you to decide narratively. Uh, But also now I will give you the honors, or rather the duty, of clearing everything in your uh, imbued ink and ride the wind themes. I don't want (laughs) to. What are the rules on Takesies Baxies? (laughs) You signed the contract. Okay. And uh, Jaime, as you're clearing that, I'm going to continue narrating. So you walk back along this path, carrying Billy in one arm, Sheila in the other, and you reach the entrance into this uh, underworld. You pass through the veil, and Esther and Faye uh, you hear the rustle of beads behind you, and you turn around, and uh, you see Rin pass through, unharmed, as he was. You see Sal pass through. So he's no different at all. No different. Uh, and you see Sal pass through, as he was, gaunt and creepy as ever, and he holds the beads aside, and then passing through the veil, you see Bill... He does not have tattoos on his arm or on his neck. He is like you've not seen him before without his tattoos. It's strange. He, It's almost, he feels naked to look at him like this. But in the place of tattoos on both arms, he has a little boy. And on one arm, he has a beautiful woman. And Sal lets the beads fall back into place. And he says to you, Bill, a pleasure doing business with you. And at that point, you feel a weight in your arms as your wife stirs. Her eyes open, and for the first time in months, maybe a year, however long it has been, she looks at you with her piercing green eyes, those green eyes that could always tell when you're lying or telling the truth. Those eyes that looked at you and were filled with tears during your arguments, but also looked at you so lovingly in your tender alone moments. She opens her eyes. Bill. It's, is it you? Yes, Hila, it's me. On your other arm, you hear a soft yawn. You look over and you see Billy stretching his arms. 
<sighs> Dad? Yeah. Dad, what's for breakfast? <laughs> well, maybe today is a special day. Maybe we can have, like, ice cream for breakfast or something. How does that sound? That's the best, Dad. You're the best. And for the first time, you feel these little boy's arms wrap around your neck and hug you so tightly. And he says, I love you, Dad. End of episode. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Misconceptions. We'll be back with our next episode on July 20th. If you have a Facebook or Twitter, you can find us on both of those social media platforms to get up-to-date information about the show, behind-the-scenes pictures, or just a goof and gaff with us because we would love to goof and gaff with you. We also have an email, misconceptionspod at gmail.com, if you would like to contact us that way. This show is wholly supported by the generous monthly donations of our patrons on Patreon. If you would like to join that elite group of backers who keeps this show going with sound effects and music and pay for our performers, please consider clicking the link below and giving whatever amount you are safely able to. City of Mist is an RPG created by Son of Oak. You can find more of their products at sonofoak.com. The Misconceptions theme music is composed by Aaron Wharton. You can find more of his music at aaronwharton.net. And that's it for this week's episode of Misconceptions. I hope that y'all had fun. I hope that you maybe cried a little, had a little cathartic experience. I also hope that you are wearing your masks, washing your hands, and I also hope that you keep it nerdy, y'all. Interesting. Damn. Yeah. So what powers does your wife have? Because we're <laughs> She's really good at throwing things around <laughs> angles you would not expect. Yeah. She's a rift of she Captain Boomerang. Boomerang. Uh, yeah, awesome. Uh, wow. That was huge. Jaime, this is such a huge, huge moment for Bill. Uh, what's your thoughts? Um... So I think this is actually going to be a bigger re-overhaul than we might have originally thought. Because I have two cracks on Taken, but I just got them back. So wouldn't that completely yeah, like, so, destroy that? Um, I looked at this earlier. And there are two ways we can go about this. Let me find where that page is. End of the road. Uh, if your identity ever becomes resolve, rephrase it in the same spirit to describe a new, gro- a new goal, 
a greater scope, a new angle, etc. Alternatively, if this aspect of your life truly ended, you may replace this identity's theme. So there's two ways we can go about this. We can change the identity of Taken to represent uh, something else. So what is your identity for Taken right now? I'll get them back by any means necessary. Yeah. So you have them back. So you could either rephrase that identity to represent what his goal is now, or we can replace that theme entirely with something new. Uh, What do you think would happen there? Do we replace that goal entirely? Do we uh, just change the identity or do we completely overhaul it? What do you think? So I think it depends. So do I remember having lost them because now I don't know anything? Yeah, so I think that's up to you to decide how Bill remembers it as the mist is affecting him more. But maybe, maybe it could be a hostage situation. Yeah, like a hostage situation and Sal was the person that helped you get them out of wherever they were being held hostage at. Okay. So I mean, so that could either change to I'll never lose them again or it could completely change. Can I think about that? You totally can. Okay. Yeah, you definitely can. And also while you're thinking about that, you can think about what new uh, logos theme is going to show up. So you are still a gambler. Uh, You still have your taken status unless we decide to get rid of that uh, or replace it, not get rid of it. Um, But also... Now that Bill has his family back, what is his third logos going to be? What new part of your mundane life uh, is going to show up? So am I still with, I'll still be with the crew, right? It yes. just look a little different. Yes. No, the, we disown you now. <laughs> You're not one of us. <laughs> you are meaningless now. Because I'm thinking the last time I had um, Sly Card Dealer as mm-hmm, a... Mm-hmm as a mundane thing what if now it's like private private eye or snoop or something like that okay like a detective oriented thing since it's already kind of yeah it's what we're going to be doing yeah so maybe maybe, do i know i'm wanted oh my god you do so So you know all this stuff you just don't remember the mythicality of it so you know you're wanted you know pip hamill's a bad dude but you do not remember that he's a music man you remember that he uh, was manipulating children into being a gang, but you do not know that it was magical. You remembered yeah. finding some fake Pip Hamill, but maybe instead of a gingerbread man, it was an actor that was paid to be Pip Hamill. You remember uh, Jeremiah taking your wife and son from you, but he didn't put them in the poker chips. Uh, and in fact, I guess I should have mentioned this, Bill, the poker chips around your neck are gone. Oh. Whenever you passed back through the veil. Um, but let's see. Um... Yeah, so you you remember things, it's just skewed how you remember them. Uh, and okay. there are, in order for the mythos to re-manifest in you, uh, it can end when you want it to. It can end when your crew reminds you of the mythicality of their mission, like continuing to impress upon you, no, he is the music man, he is the Pied Piper, there's this larger conspiracy, uh, remember the beast men, uh, and all this stuff, um, which could be an interesting struggle between you and them. 
Um, but also, uh, it could end whenever you as Bill pursue the mythos, whenever you start, uh, investigating what things really could be like, why is Cooper Wheatley so vicious and investigating Mm -hmm. him more and finding out what his mythos is. And then, you know, through active means you kind of reopen yourself to the mythos, um, which is going to be interesting. What new mythos is Bill going to manifest as? Or what new mythos is uh, going to give Bill's its powers? So, that is interesting for sure. Mm-hmm. I want to be a combination of Sherlock Holmes and the hockey dude from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> and, uh, Casey Jones? Yeah, Casey Jones. Yes. Played by Stephen That's... Amell in the, new, uh, the latest movie. Oh, yeah. Because I was thinking... Like, how could I be of help to people who have powers being a regular dude? And like, that's the first person I thought of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's interesting. Because I'm Casey Jones lean. is just like a everyday hero that literally just has hockey pads, a mask and a hockey stick. But he helps he w- these super but... powerful Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to fight crime and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So should I say where I'm leaning towards or should I leave the listeners in suspense? Uh, we can, I mean, we can talk about it right now. I'm fine with that. Okay. I'm definitely leaning towards some kind of detective thing because I always lean towards that mm-hmm. and I'm comfortable with it. Okay. Um, but I also think that it's kind of what's been happening, right? Like we've been gaining skills, been snooping around. Um, we're going to have to be a little more careful now because I can just straight up die. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean... I don't know if even that could be like a tag, like, but then it wouldn't be very useful when I get my mythos again. I don't know. Well, I'll have to think more about it. So I was, I was reading more about how the mythos, uh, awakens in you. And once you reawaken as a mythos, uh, it says that you awaken big, you suddenly go from having three Logos themes to having one Logos theme and three Mythos themes. Whoa. Uh, I I feel that's kind of weird. I don't really like that. I kind of like the Mythos gradually coming back, so coming back with one Mythos. Uh, And we can, you know, whenever we kind of get more concrete details worked out, Jaime, we can decide, do Mm -hmm. you want to come back in, like, all this glory of three Mythos, one Logos? Or is Bill's Logos more important to him and he just gets a portion of the mythos power yeah i wonder if there's any gambling detective mythological creatures <laughs> uh <laughs> yeah uh but yeah i mean this is this is gonna be exciting i'm excited to see what uh what kind of mythos you pick oh man last time you remember how long it took us how many conversations <laughs> how much freaking details and hammering it out uh, Jaime, I look forward to having so many conversations with you, my friend. <laughs> uh, yeah. Carrie, uh, Tessa, Zach. Yeah. What are your feelings on this episode? Honestly, mm-hmm. Esther doesn't have any feelings about it. <laughs> and as always. She was starting <laughs> to have feelings and then the episode ended and she disconnected. Mm-hmm. You put her back in the box? Yep. Yep. I wish that I could do something about it, but I can't. Mm. Like, Tessa had texted in a side message to us about, like, offering up Deja. 
<laughs> I couldn't do that. I'd feel so bad. Yeah, I was throwing. I was but, thinking. And but I mean, out, but I figured. Yeah, it would just be like enough. grasping at yeah. straws. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, it. it I mean, it completely makes sense because it's like. I mean, it's the same thing when um, Bill killed, killed Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. Like there was like in that moment, like I could have done something to do it myself mm-hmm. if I or attempted to, I guess. Um, but it just like felt very much like a a bill moment to kill his like boss mm-hmm. arch nemesis taker of his children or of his, of his wife and child mm-hmm. so like it like i offered it up as like a thing but at the same time i kind of also knew that it was like this is bill's deal yeah it's his story definitely um i think Faye's feeling really conflicted and lost um she's Really, I mean, Faye is obviously very family-oriented, and so, and she loves children. So she is thrilled that Bill is able to be with his family again. Um, And she is also terrified for what that means. Um, And just the future of getting out of this in general. Do Do you mean, like, what it means knowing that you don't have the powerhouse of Bill for the rest of this yeah. This war that you are having. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just knowing that, you know, we talked about in the episode that we do know that you lose that knowledge. So knowing that he doesn't know us in that way anymore mm-hmm. is, it feels like losing a friend and she's happy for him, but there is also this grief of he's not the same bill. Yeah. Yeah. I think Faye is definitely very conflicted. She is conflicted between a lot of different things. Her uh-huh. feelings with the crew wanting to complete this, uh, this, uh, investigation. Uh, uh, I had a third one that I was going to say and I forgot about killing it. Killing Lynn. Uh, killing Lynn. Uh, so all these, all these different positions you are being drawn in as Faye. Yeah, it is. She, she does. She has a lot of feelings. Mm-hmm. I knew I was going to have to give up my tattoos to save my family. Like, 30 episodes ago. (laughs) Yeah. I just didn't know how you were going to do it. Yeah, well... It was good, though. It was good. I'm mad, and I'm sad. Yeah. Well... It's what he would... It's what I would do. And I I applaud you for sticking to it and knowing that even though this is going to make you somewhat less effective in combat... Uh, you know, City of Mist is not just about combat, though. Um, But knowing the mechanical implications of your decision but still sticking with it because like you said it is what your character would do this this is obviously the most important part of his life not his powers um yeah Uh, i've been trying to pit your mythos against your logo so much uh and yeah you you took it it's the boiling point yeah because it was either it literally like i kept looking at it and i kept thinking taken with two cracks i was like it's literally either abandoning my family or giving up you know yeah uh, and uh, other stuff do you want to know who was calling you when you were entering the store it was alec baldwin it was he was calling you because the bacab need to meet right now but now bill is not connected to the bacab no could he have gotten me my family free of charge who alec yeah oh no Okay, good. Doesn't matter. He's yeah. gone. <laughs> yeah, and so the Bacab are left to go without their leader. What will become of that, I wonder? Hmm. We'll see. Uh, 
So, Esther and Faye, I was really hoping y'all would go into the underworld. Uh, I know. Yeah. And so, show them Lynn, you monster. Well, no. No, I, was, I would have seen my dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. I would have offered it up to y'all. Who do y'all see? I don't know who Faye would see. I mean, she feels guilty about Lynn in this moment, but I think there's probably a deeper connection somewhere hmm. um, with someone, but I don't know who that would be. Yeah. So leave it up to the imagination. Did, yeah. Did Ren kill any of her students? <laughs> who knows? <laughs> Likely. Yeah, she sees the children see from is. the rooftop. Yeah. They're still sifting through the wreckage. Oh my gosh, how brutal would it have been if you saw that kid whose parent was abusing them that you tried to stop? Ooh. No, we already And they were like him. dead oh. because the parent abused them to death. I well, hate I you. Think... Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Jeez, it's I'm dark. Y'all but it makes so good drama. Didn't, I guess y'all left uh, Alec there. Okay, that was yeah. Was that Alec he or Johnny? Was or was it the, Luke? It was Johnny. He was part of the group, and so the police would have returned him back to his family. Because he was staying in the apartments. Y'all didn't take him away from his... Because I thought the last time y'all saw him was in his room. No. Oh, wait, because then, then he was, was kidnapped. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and yes, so we yes, got yes. him out of the Rat Pack. Yeah, you're right. If y'all ever convince me to write a misconception story, just know that it's going to be kind of dark. <laughs> so you have to be prepared for that. Yeah. As long as everybody's uh, <coughs> lines and veils are okay with it. All right. Well, anything else to uh, to unpack from this whole session? Because, listeners, we are recording this uh, a week after we recorded the previous two episodes. But this session did include <clears throat> the encounter uh, after, or the encounter at Agatha's halfway house. Bill finding out about Sal's sick silk shop. Um, although I guess you could say it is a, quite a sick shop that he has running. <laughs> um, but yeah, do y'all have anything to unpack from this session? Mm, not really I mean like technically like I guess seeing dead family but I don't know Yeah, I don't even know what to unpack with that really mm-hmm. yeah that was a big moment for Ren too alright well let's geek let's geek out during the credits <clears throat> and of course as always we have our normal three questions how has the crew grown this session what character had the most meaningful interaction with your character this session which of your themes is under the most strain? If it collapses, what new aspect will show up in its place? And I added a fourth question last time. Uh, which two, or were any one of your themes pitted against another? If so, which two were they? And which did you neglect? And that is because sometimes we get so wrapped up in the role-playing that we forget about the mechanic of pitting um, choices between each other and making uh, the hard choice as a move. Uh, so I wanted to do that, you know, kind of in post. If you think about, yeah, I think in this moment I would have felt conflicted, and so I would take a crack in this theme and all that. Um, but who would like to answer that first? I think the crew grew in that we didn't walk away when Bill decided he was going to give it all up. Okay, so even though Bill is changed, mm-hmm. uh, you will always have each other. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so do you think you give an attention to that theme? Yes. Okay. So the gang is your crew theme. You have two attention. 
Uh, so Bill or uh, Jaime and Zach, go ahead and mark uh, two attention in your gang um, theme card. Okay, excellent. Who else? I mean, I'll 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 go next. I mean, I want to answer the same question of like how the crew grew mm-hmm. that Gary answered. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I feel like it was a big moment for Ren. Because usually, like, I know Ren 2.0 is like, he wants to do good, but still that core within him is, like, take care of himself. And, like, he, like, wants to help out the group, but at the same time, he's, like, just trying to survive. And so I think it was kind of a big step for Ren to, like, offer up, uh, even though he, you know, still hasn't thought out everything about it, but to offer up Deja as an offering uh, to Sal. Okay. So even, you know, willing to make this sacrifice because she is an important person in your life, not just because of what your mission is, but also because of your feelings to her. <clears throat> yes. Okay. So go ahead. We will give the crew theme its third attention. And that means we get a crew theme improvement. Uh, let's look at those really quick. <laughs> Dude, while you're looking that up, can I say mine? Yeah, go ahead. All right. So I think, as just as I think about stuff, I'm wondering if uh, my, my improvement could be an attention into the gambler because even though I read the um, contract all the way through and, you know, everything seemed in line, I still think it was a pretty big risk to just trust this random person that I've never met before. Uh, to take me into the underworld and take my powers. Now, granted, it was also definitely motivated by Taken, but I do think that just shows a different part of my gambler personality. I don't know if you agree, disagree, or if that's not what this is for. No, uh, usually we do not give uh, attention Attention. uh, in the uh, geek out during the credits. It is usually um, whenever you use a weakness tag or you use a montage or downtime. Uh, to upgrade it. Um, mm-hmm. I agree with you uh, that I do think it was a big gamble, but mechanically we don't uh, give attention during this time. Sure. Okay. So then, um, how do I give like her points against myself to other people? Because <laughs> it, like, I don't know. It was a really selfish decision by me, right? Like, mm. I, I am more useful to the crew with my powers, mm-hmm, and I've mm-hmm. shown that time and time again. Yeah. And basically said, you know, it, it was a pitting of taken against my logos and stuff, but it was also a pitting of mm-hmm. my kind of motivations and mission against the best interests of the crew, and I picked myself, and I did that. Yeah. Well, I picked my family, and I did that very quickly, so... Yeah. Would that be a crack in the gang, or would that be a hurt point? Or yeah, I you... think what that is is you are uh, you have chosen between two themes: your logos of taken, uh, being with your family, and your crew theme. This overarching, uh, you know, we need to work together to solve this mystery. And so, uh, answering that fourth question that I put forward: which two themes were you know put in conflict? Which did you choose? Um, I think that is appropriate to. Uh, give the crew theme a crack so your crew theme now has two crack 
Isn't it ironic that the very thing that caused the crack also gave us an attention because yep. other people reacted differently? Mm -hmm. It's a pretty cool thing. Good job, Amit. <laughs> uh, okay, and then Tessa, have you answered a question yet? No. Okay. Um, I've, I mean, I feel like I need to take a crack and a fade in every single theme. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, I don't really have two pitted against each other, um, but I'm torn between taking a crack in the unstoppable activist because the identity is steal from the rich, give to the poor, and Lynn would definitely be amongst those that I would want to give to, not steal from. Mm -hmm. um, I also could take a crack in Maypole, which is who am I becoming, but the weakness tag is only as strong as I am pure. Mm. Um, certainly not pure in this stance. Mm -hmm. And maybe those two are pitted against each other in a way. Um, because the Maypole is becoming more combative. Mm -hmm. um, well, the Unstoppable Activist would be combative too. Um, or maybe, I don't know. No, you can't do that. Um, what were you going to say? I was going to say pitting two mythos against each other. You can do that. Um, you can pit any any theme, crew theme, mythos, logos. You can pit it against all of it. I feel like the mystery of nature is a friend of mine. Is where did this come from? And the mystery of Maple is who am I becoming? However, nature is a friend of mine has typically been phase like calm, taking care of nature and the world, like in tune with nature. Maple is now her becoming more aggressive, mm -hmm. um, and so. I don't know. Okay. Uh, I think you could even say that you were pitting your unstoppable activists against your crew theme and the uh, crew's mission of uh, figuring out, you know, what is going on in the city. Mm -hmm. um, or, I mean, or you could pit the Maypole of the Maiden. Uh, who am I becoming? Um, so I think, I think either one of those would be appropriate for you to assign crack to. Which one do you think was more neglected? Uh, I like what you said about the unstoppable activists. You know, you're supposed to steal from the rich, give to the poor. But in this instant, I think you stole from the poor uh, to accomplish your own goals, not to give to the rich, but to right. pursue your own goals. Yeah. Uh, so I, I like that description that you gave. So I think you take a crack in unstoppable activist. Okay. Uh, how many crack do you have in that theme? Two. Um, okay. So yeah, so I am going to take a crack in unstoppable activist. Um, because of killing Lynn. Okay. Uh, all right. And going back to the crew theme improvement, since we did get three attention in that theme, uh, you get to choose one of these. You've already chosen tight like that. And what that means is once per session, when you use one of your juice points to help or interfere with another crew member's move, you gain one more point of juice to do so. Uh, but then you also have quality matters. One of the items or possessions that y'all have is more effective, but you do not have any item power tags uh sacrifice when two or more of you face danger against the same status and you get hit you may choose to extend the hit to one other crew member at the cost of exposing yourself on a 10 plus they take no status and you take the status with minus one tier on a seven through nine they take the status with minus one tier and you take the full status um if the move is dynamite on a 12 plus you can choose to fully protect both of you instead of choosing one of the other 12-plus options. I like that one. Um, pull it together. 
once per session, you can recover a burnt crew power tag. And the benefit of that is usually we have to wait until geek out during the credits to recover a burnt power tag. And then black sheep, uh, choose together one crew member who is the black sheep of the crew. When the black sheep of the crew acts against your mystery or identity, which is we will always have each other, uh, it's expected. So it does not weaken your crew. Uh, for everyone else, overlooking the black sheep's actions does not count as acting against your mystery or identity. You can choose a new black sheep at the beginning or end of each session. That's what I was gonna... uh, so, uh, Jaime said he likes sacrifice. Uh, mm-hmm. If two or more of you are getting hit by status, one more person can choose to take a face danger. And depending on their role, it affects uh, if it hurts the other people. So it's another chance to defend. Mm-hmm. Is that? It is. So face danger is, is it once per session? No, it's just any. Um, it is. So like, let's say uh, Esther and Faye are getting hit by a fireball. Uh, Bill sees this happening. He's going to use your crew theme move of sacrifice and describe how he tries to defend y'all. Uh, he rolls a face danger. If he rolls a seven through nine, um, uh, both of Esther and Faye would take the status, but at a minus one tier, uh, and Bill would take the full status. If he rolled a 10 plus, uh, they would take no status and Bill would take a minus one tier. Yeah, I think that's a good one. Yeah, we've already done black sheep, so it could be fun to explore a new one. Yeah. Everybody's okay with sacrifice? Sheep, but that's okay. We did in uh, her game. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. what I was... I was like, we haven't done it in this game, but... Oh, we haven't? Uh-uh. That's why I was like... Oh, I definitely We've talked this. about it before. Okay. But... I thought we made Ren Black Sheep. No. No, we all just assumed that's what we would do if we went to that one. <laughs> I see. Bye, bye. We assumed it so much that we, <laughs> we thought we it did happened. it. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, this was a very good episode a uh, engaging and emotional recording session and listeners i hope that you enjoy it and we'll see you back here next time <laughs>